0: The unsurpassed, penetrating and perfect truth is seldom met with, even in a hundred thousand million kalpas. Now we can see and hear it. We can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth one with myself. Homage to the Buddha, Homage to the Dharma, Homage to the Sangha. Well, welcome. Welcome back, everybody. We've missed you. It's really nice to... See you again, representing all the thousandfold, but we're very happy to see you. So as you know, we've just finished our January rest time, and now we're back in our spring training term. It's kind of nice. You have this rest. You think, okay, now we're done with resting. Now we can just get back to stuff, you know. It's kind of nice. Well, we just had our Avatamsaka festival, which is wonderful. People might think, why would you have a whole ceremony devoted to a scripture? world, you've ever looked at it, see it on the altar there, it's huge, it's vast, enormous in scope and um, depth, just describing, you know, millions of Buddha lands, thousands of bodhisattvas, Buddhas, disciples and everybody, in one little dust mote. you see. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to talk about the Saka today, I'm going to talk about something slightly different but related, impermanence, but a slightly different view of it. Well, it seems appropriate because, as we know, the world is changing very rapidly, in many ways. Climate change. When I was young, nobody ever heard of climate change. Although, I looked it up, and in the 19th century, there were scientists saying, if we keep burning coal at this rate, and putting CO2 into the atmosphere, the world's going to get really hot in a few centuries. Well, it didn't take quite that long. But people were seeing this, but nobody paid any attention. You can't do anything until you see it. You know, you can't do, it, do something about something until you have to see it. You've got social change with the internet, good for, you know, some things really good, some things not quite so great. People talk to their phone rather than another person sitting with them. But, but you see more what's going on in the world and you can have sympathy and offer merit and so forth. So there's really nice things and there's lots of very nice things. Political change, we won't go into that. So some of these changes we might like and some we might not. You might think oh, everything is just awful. But good things do happen. You know, they've got a vaccine for malaria. This is huge. We didn't have malaria in this country so we don't think about it. But actually it's life changing for people all over the world who live in malarial countries where children die all the time from malaria. So things are, so some good things happen. Great Master Dovan said, impermanence is Buddha nature. And permanence is the mind dividing up all things into good or bad. That's really interesting. I would say it again. Impermanence is Buddha nature. And permanence is the mind dividing up all things into good or bad. This is a clue for us. Because when you like this and we don't like that, or you want this and we don't want that, we're clinging on to something and trying to make it permanent. I like things as they are. I don't want change. We can be afraid of change. What's going to happen? I don't know. You know. And most of us are a little bit, you know, nervous. Something is going to change. What's, what's, what's that going to be like? In fact, things change all the time, and sometimes change is really good. Everything, even things that seem quite solid and immovable, are constantly changing. I'm Mount Shasta covered in snow at the moment, just beautiful. In summer it's not, it's different, winter and summer, the animals and plants and things that live there, live and die. It might erupt at any time, I hope not soon. Everything around us is changing all the time, no matter what it looks like. Nothing is fixed, never mind all the little molecules running back and forth and all that. We change all the time from our infancy until old age, it's pretty obvious. But you might not want to look at it, you know. We don't want to get old and sick. We want to remain young and healthy and strong. We don't want to die. And it's understandable, but it's not very realistic, actually. Getting older is okay, in fact, as long as we accept it. And we aren't resisting it. If we're stressing over each gray hair or wrinkle, we worry and we get afraid. We don't want want to stay young. Poor old film stars who used to be beautiful, and now they don't want to be seen because they're old. That's really sad, you know? There's nothing wrong with being old. Then you get some old film stars who are still beautiful, even in their old age. But it doesn't matter if they're old, if they're beautiful or not. Everybody gets old. Everybody has sickness sometimes or other, and everybody looks likely. they're all going to die. We're all going to die. But if we're constantly comparing our aging body to our, our young, former, beautiful, strong self, we suffer. Oh, I'm not as strong as I used to be. Oh, I used to be so beautiful, and now I'm getting old and plain. Oh, yes. But seeing sharpness of intellect, getting a little fuzzy at the edges. You know, I can't quite remember the word I wanted for this. Just wait. It'll come up eventually. Or not, you know. It's okay. It can seem alarming, but it's quite normal. Cognitive decline. Yes. It's not madness. It's not um, some raging dementia. It's just cognitive decline. Well, the suffering and the resistance come from dividing things up into good and bad, just like Dogen says, trying to make things permanent. Young and healthy and smart is good. Old and sick and dying and not so sharp is bad. You know. Well, of course, we'd rather be healthy than sick, and we'd rather keep most of our marbles if we can. Old age is not for cowards, as they say. But we don't have to make a suffering out of it out of any of these things that change. I'm just taking this old aging body and mind as an example. But it's thinking that this body and this mind are me that creates the suffering. I am actually a young person stuck in this old body, you know. Well, my body, my mind, my story, my history, my everything, my opinions, my views, my this and that. We tend to see all these attributes as more or less permanent, you know. Me. But actually getting older is normal and is fine. One of our old monks, seeing a wrinkle and a a gray hair, you know, more wrinkles and gray hairs and said, how wonderful, I'm getting old, how wonderful. And the other monk sitting with him said, yes, how wonderful. And I thought, hmm. And now I understand better. It's wonderful that we get old and sick and we die. Actually, otherwise, the world would be rather a cluttered place. But if you always hung around forever and ever, can you imagine being 30 forever? There's a movie actually called The Age of Adeline. I don't know if you've seen it. It's quite good, because this woman, you know, fairly you know in her 30s, has an accident and gets stuck with being that age. And she has a, a daughter, a child, who grows up, and becomes an old person, but her mum is still this young seeming person. And it's a horrible suffering for her. She sees her friends grow old, sick and die. And here she is stuck in this young body. And she tries to hide the fact. It seems a bit odd, you know. And then finally she has another accident and she starts to age again. And she sees the gray hair and says, oh, thank goodness. (laughs) I thought it was really quite good. Anyway, identifying with our body and our mind, thinking I am this body. Well, it's changing all the time. The cells change, every, apparently they all change every seven years or so. So this body is not what it was when it was young in any way. Our mind, we're not our mind either. You know? Our minds change from one moment to the next, all these random little thoughts that go charging through, our emotions, our feelings, our moods, this, I'm like this now and I'm like that and later and so forth, our opinions and our ideas. And as we know, when we start to meditate, we might be appalled at what goes through. (laughs) Completely trivial, useless, foolish stuff goes charging through this little mind. Couldn't it just quit? You know, just be quiet. But it's hard to do that. But it's okay. It's just a mind. It doesn't have to be me. It's not really me. It's just one of the five skandhas. Form, sensation, thought, volition, consciousness. Just a mind. Like, I'm not my nose, I'm not my mind. And it's hard to understand and realize that. But it's a real fundamental part of Buddhist practice is that I'm not my mind, I'm not my body, I'm not all my history, my story, my, you know, all that. And it means I can change. We can change. We can change for the better. We can change for the worse too, but we're working on changing for the better. We can train ourselves. We can learn compassion, wisdom, generosity, kindness, and practice them. When I think back to what I was like before I began to train, it was not a pretty sight. And I'm so grateful that I encountered the Dharma. I've been able to do something about that crabby little selfish beast. Sorry, that I thought myself to be. I've changed a little bit, improved slightly. And I think it's a wonderful thing that we can trust that, work on ourselves. Sometimes it takes a long time, or seems to take a long time. But we do learn compassion and wisdom. We do learn to let go of our selfish views and everything being about me, you know. We have faith that we can change. That's why we're here. We can let go of our suffering, the suffering that comes from thinking, I am this person, I am, this is all my stuff, you know. And when we learn to see and accept impermanence, that we can't hold on to anything, we begin to learn wisdom and we start to let go a bit. To stop dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. To entrust ourselves to this moment right now. It's all we've got. It's this body, mind and whatever right now. And it's not mine anyway, but this this is all there is... All this other stuff is just memory or thinking of the future or it's just mental stuff. It's not real. All we have is this moment here right now. It's all we've got. And to entrust ourselves to this moment right now, not endlessly worry about what we've done in the past or what's happened to us or what, what will happen in the future, what's going to happen, you know. Just to kind of stop dividing things up into good and bad, to accept everything that comes our way. How wonderful. Not easy, you know. To accept everything that comes our way and not thinking, Oh, I like this, I don't like that. You know? The way to the ultimate is not hard. Simply give up being picky and choosy. I want this, I don't want that. Sounds so simple. Not easy. But maybe we can relinquish our grip, even a little bit, the more we can relinquish the better we you know the more peace we have. As Atran Shah says, let go a little, you have a little bit of peace. Let go a lot, you have a lot of peace. Let go completely, you have complete peace. I keep quoting this because it's so simple and perfect. To let go. We might not be overjoyed by the difficult things that come our way, but maybe we can accept them. And remember that nothing lasts forever, both for seeming good and seeming bad. You know, you feel terrible. Maybe I'll feel better next week or tomorrow, Whenever. Even in five minutes I might feel better. Or maybe I feel wonderfully happy now. Well, it'll pass eventually. I don't have to be miserable about it and think, Oh yes, it's gonna be gone any minute now, I better not enjoy it, you know. Seeing a beautiful day. Not to stress about climate change, but just to enjoy it, you know. Talk about changing weather. It was last week it was fifty some degrees, now it's snowing, we had lots of rain, you know, it's just weather. And that's what life is like, actually, a lot it's just weather the things that come and go, the ups and downs of our lives, the ups and downs of our feelings and thoughts and all that, I mean you don't have to grab onto any of it or push any of it away. It's, that is trying to make things permanent. You know. But impermanence is Buddha nature. So when we stop clinging to the past and our ideas of how things should be or how they are, that we can see more clearly that it is the nature of all things to change. It's the great flow of life. To be here right now in this moment as often as we can. Ah, oh, just come back, just come back to this moment. I don't have to stress about the thing I did yesterday or the thing I have to do tomorrow or whatever. Just to be right here, right now is our basic practice. This is what we mostly do. And it helps us to cut through that suffering of, Wanting this and not wanting that. Living in the past, fearing the future. I am this person, that person over there, you know. They change too, you know. Other people change also. We can have this view about somebody, um, but they're changing. And if we still keep seeing them in the way they used to be, it's a suffering for us and it's hard for them. Like children whose parents still, you know, people whose parents still treat them as little kids, you know. It's really annoying. And it doesn't help. (laughs) It doesn't help either. It doesn't help with family relations. But if people can just see, ah, they've grown up now. They're living their own life. And I don't have to try and live it for them. There's so many ways in which we cling on to our view of somebody and cling on to our view of ourselves. So just to be here right now, not somewhere else, Buddha nature is here right now with us. It's not, it's not somewhere off in the future. It's not somewhere else. It's not something that other people have and I don't. You know, We're all part of it, whether we see it or not. Whether we like it or not, we're part of Buddha nature. We can't fix that. We can't do anything about it. We are stuck with being part of Buddha nature. So we better get over it and just entrust ourselves <laughs> to that great flow, the great flow of life, the flow of Buddha nature. I not love it, impermanence is Buddha nature. You think, what? At first you think, what? Impermanence is Buddha nature. Buddha nature is the unborn, undying, unchanging. How can that be? Because Buddha nature is the outward, well, the change, the impermanence, is the outward manifestation of Buddha nature, that which does not change. The only thing it doesn't change is impermanence, in a sense. It's always going on, it's impermanence, a constant flow. But it's constant, and we can rely on it. But the little things of life, the ups and downs, the changeableness, that is not something to take refuge in or to rely on. But to take refuge in that which is deeper than all that, that goes beyond my little ups and downs, is is the thing. And when things are hard, we can deepen our faith in that which does not change. unborn, undying, unchanging which flows through all conditions all things, all lives all stuff whether we like it or not, the ups and downs doesn't matter whether you like it or not it just so happens can we just accept it and work with whatever comes our way and just entrust ourselves to that which is deeper and greater life is short We don't have a lot of time. Everything is changing and we're changing too. And we can use all these situations of our lives, both the welcome and the less welcome, to help us to change, to relinquish our grasp, our grip, on our old ways and our old ideas and our old, what we think is safe, you know. And just let things, let ourselves move on into life and change along with the changing things of our lives. To practice kindness to all beings, because everybody has changed and all beings have fear of, of what, of the unknown, what hasn't happened yet, and what might happen and so forth. But we don't have to live in fear, we can entrust ourselves. And if fear arises, just to be still with it. And it comes and goes too. If you sit still with a moment of fear, It dissolves actually. It's very interesting that just to, instead of feeding it, what might happen, but just sit right in the middle of that pit, you know, the discomfort in the pit of one's tummy. Well, just sit still with it. It's not, I don't have to be afraid of fear. It's an opportunity to sit with it. Okay, here we come again. And it dissolves because it's not the reality. To be grateful for everything that comes our way the things we like, the things we don't like, because everything can help us. When things are difficult, we find ourselves taking refuge more deeply in that which does not change. No atheists and foxholes, as they say. When things are hard, you turn towards something deeper and greater. To look beyond the seeming good and bad, beyond all the changing conditions of our lives, to that which does not change, on which we can truly rely, the unborn, unchanging, undying, which contains all of us, all our conditions, all our thoughts, feelings, all our joys and sorrows, our life and our death. All of these things are contained and embraced within it. That are all part of the great matter for which we train. And this is what we entrust ourselves to. And this is why we don't need to resist or cling to any of these things, because they're all part of the great matter all part of that huge vision of the Avatamsaka. The Avatamsaka is full of light and beauty and joyful things. And there's also the darker side. There's difficulty, there's hellish states that go on, there's misery and suffering and all that. But it's all part of it. Nothing is left out. It's not just everything is love and light and niceness. There's also despair and sickness and misery and loss and all that. But if you can accept these things, just as they come our way, and not fear them, but accept them when they come, then we don't have to suffer so much. Just to let them come, be there, and everything eventually will pass. We will pass. Nothing lasts forever. This is the positive side of impermanence. Nothing lasts forever. the great matter for which we train to see and know that we are part of it and it is the whole of us none of us separate, not a single cell of us separate, separate for a single moment and that's our true refuge in the midst of all the changing conditions of our lives and that's great master Dogen's teaching for us and the avatamsaka a teaching for us today "Or the, the one within the many, the many within the one all is one and all is different. All right together. Nothing separate, nothing left out, nothing to be rejected, nothing to be clung on to. Let it all just come through our life. Do our very best with it, and with gratitude and with joy. Sometimes it's miserable, sometimes it's joyful. But there's an underlying joy when we take refuge in that true matter, the great matter for which we train. And that's our talk for the day. Thank you.